West Coast, and a great day to you wherever and whenever you may be listening. My name is Jason Dyes, broadcasting and podcasting live from the studio of eloquentonline.net in beautiful, sunny New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof. This is the Structure First Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand were a band, would you leave the audience wanting more? And while your audience may be at home and not visiting all of your headquarters and branches and operation centers, when COVID-19 is over, I think there's going to be a lot of discussion about how to grow, modernize, and restructure for efficiency, as many 2020 profit projections have been tossed out the window. So... When that time comes, and it will, because this thing is going to end, and you want your new reimagined branch headquarters and operational buildings to make a bold and decisive brand statement, remember, Structure First has years of experience in designing and reimagining beautiful, innovative, bold, daring spaces that will deliver phenomenal functionality and efficiency. Visit our friends at structurefirst.net. Well, today on the show, we're visiting with Trish Rodko, who is working for a company that is just sounds perfectly suited for the history at hand. She is the Vice President of Strategic Growth at Digital Onboarding Incorporated. She's been with a few banks up in the New York, New Jersey area, and digital onboarding is a marketing automation platform. Uh, I just saw today they've got things for banking brands to deal with some of the confusion that is occurring with the SBA slash PPP payment protection program, payroll protection program. I'm not even sure what it means or how it works, but apparently they um, There are a lot of people out there in the banking marketplace who were surprised to learn that a government program uh, was launched and was not glitch-free. Don't forget the scariest line in the history of human communication is, I'm from the government and I'm here to help from the late, great Ronald Reagan. Well, there are a lot of brands out there looking to help banking brands with things just like that, stuff that we weren't even talking about in February. And so we're going to visit with Tricia and we're going to ask her how banks are doing, how banking brands are doing with all of this COVID-19. Because believe me, it's, it's been a mixed bag. And we're going to talk to her and we're going to do it all right after this. Structure First Power Performance Podcast Conference Quality Information without the rubber chicken dinner and without the expense report. I'm in a New York state of mind. That is right. I think we're all in a New York state of mind thinking about our friends and fellow Americans up in that great city and great state. And as I said, the aforementioned Trisha Rodko is very familiar 
with that geographic area. And man, don't you just don't you just remember the good old days when Corona was just a terrible, nasty yellow beer from Mexico? Because I know I do. Seriously, joining us from her home office, I believe, in the great garden state of New Jersey is Trisha Rocco. Hey Trisha, how are you today? I'm doing great, Jason. Thanks for having me on. It is I'm doing so wonderful. Everyone's talking about whatever you want to call it, COVID-19, Chinese flu, corona, and, of course, the way the financial institutions, and you and I both follow a lot of them. We both have a lot of them as clients primarily, and I've been watching with mixed feelings about how things are going, mixed thoughts. If you were to grade financial institutions on their communications regarding COVID-19, what would it be and why? Um, Jason, I gave this a lot of thought, and, and I've obviously been following this uh, just as closely as you have. Um, I, I would have to say somewhere like a B minus or a, a C plus. Mm. A couple of reasons for that. Um, you know, obviously the situation um, with coronavirus uh, happened relatively quickly, and once, um, you know, it, it be, became an issue, what needed to be done was changing so rapidly. I think it really caught a lot of financial institutions um, off guard. So, you know, from that perspective, I understand the tremendous stress of trying to get out um, communications rapidly in any kind of crisis situation. Um, but what I, I found is that, you know, aside from putting something up on a web page and eventually doing a couple of social media posts, um, the outreach was fairly generic um, at a time where people were sort of really very stressed over, you know, how, how do I manage my financial relationship if all of a sudden the branches are closing? Um, totally so I agree, by that, the way. Yeah, I, I just think the content could have been better. And again, I, I, being a former CMO, um, understand the pressure to get the content right, get it approved, get it out. Um, but there hasn't been much improvement since we started. Well, C-plus, which represents the highest grade I ever got in any kind of math subject, I think is being insanely gracious because what, what didn't change in the midst of all this is that almost every mature financial banking brand has a total arsenal of modern communicative mediums. And while it's probably difficult to judge an entire industry, I, I think you're being insanely generous with those letter grades. I was thinking of the other way we used to get graded back in the dark ages when I was in elementary school on the non-academic subjects, you would get an S, an N, or a U. Satisfactory needs improvement, unsatisfactory. Mine would be somewhere between the N and the U on that um, you know, letter range. However, what nobody will argue about is that I think COVID-19 will have a lasting impact on the banking industry. I think you probably agree with that. I wanted to ask you in what ways you think it will impact the banking industry long-term, and is it going to be better or worse for financial institutions? Well, uh, you know, I think, I think there's general consensus that COVID-19 is going to impact um, our society um, in a lot of different ways, and certainly financial institutions won't be immune to that. 
I think very specifically, um, for years, financial institutions have been working hard at moving the um, sort of low-value transactional type of business they do to more efficient digital channels. And um, it really wasn't much of a, a shift for um, certainly uh, some of their younger customers, but some of their more traditional customers that grew up with that branch-based experience were more resistant to that kind of um, transition. Well, now suddenly they had no other choice with branches being closed and um, even some drive, you know, not every locations and certainly in big cities, they don't have drive throughs They were forced to start utilizing these digital channels. Um, I think once they do and if they, they have a good experience and they say, gee, you know, this, this wasn't all that bad. It was actually quite easier than making a trip to deposit a check. Um, I, I think, you know, once they've had that, they are not going to go back to going to branches. And I think that is going to be really significant for a lot of financial institutions. Branch traffic was declining to begin with, and I think it's, it's literally we're going to see all-time lows when we come out of this. I think you're right. I, I do believe that's right. What I don't know is if it'll be short-term or long-term. I still believe people are very social. Humans are very social. And as we talked about in the pre-call, I was a little surprised, by the way, that there were a lot of people who did not know, A, that you could take a picture of your check with your phone and have it deposited, um, but that there were some people, like my older parents who are almost 80, who don't have phones that can do that. And so I agree with you. I think it's going to cause a generational renaissance in some of our older American banking customers with some of that technology that people like you and I just take for granted. I, I haven't seen the inside of my bank branch here in New Braunfels, Texas, Republic thereof, since sometime in the early Obama administration. So I think you're absolutely right about that. However, I think for more personal discussions, investments, mortgage, home refinances, estate planning, brokerage, that kind of thing will still demand a face-to-face -face interaction. And so I think the impact is going to be, you know, physical as much as social. So we, we certainly agree on the fact that there will be a, a lasting outcome. And, and in terms of do you think it's going to be better or worse, how would you rate that possibility for banking brands in the United States? Well, I, 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 honestly, I, I, it depends on what the financial institution makes of it. To your point, I think mm. what that can enable a financial institution, institution to do is focus on those interactions that do need direct contact, as, as you mentioned, you know, um, planning for uh, purchasing a new home, estate planning, et cetera, where, um, you know, people sort of absolutely want to be able to connect to face and have a conversation and, um, you know, go back to the same person, um, you know, with questions or what have you. So I think financial institutions very much want to invest in that kind of relationship versus spending time and money and salary, you know, depositing a check. So I, I think it could be better so that they can focus on those more important um, engagement opportunities and become much more efficient in other areas that they don't really gain much from. Totally agree with you there. Now, think about this. If this doesn't sound like a brand name, just tailor-made for a worldwide pandemic, digital 
onboarding, <laughs> no shaking hands, <laughs> uh, no meeting face-to-face with, with onboarding. Um, tell us, what has digital onboarding done for its customers? Are your customers using your platform more now? Sounds like a bit of a rhetorical question. And in what ways? Sure. Um, it, absolutely, uh, they are using the platform more. Um, we as a company decided to outreach to all of our existing customers and sort of give them uh, leeway to use the platform irrespective of, of um, you know, the contracts they have with us uh, because of the very unusual circumstance. So uh, many of them took us up on that and um, we've put out a variety of campaigns, mostly focusing on adoption of digital tools. Um, you know, I mentioned earlier that some of the outreach from financial institutions said, yeah, well, you know what, you can use online banking and mobile banking to keep in touch and just sort of head links with no instructions. If, if you're trying to encourage someone to use a product that is a first-time user, you have to kind of put yourself in their shoes and think about, well, do, do we need to tell them how to enroll? They've never done this before. So that's where, you know, when I was talking about level of content, I think we've been able to help our customers um, really deliver robust communication so that customer could activate those products, see video tutorials of how to use them, um, and, and really get up and running much quicker. Um, and in one case, we had a credit union who outreached to, I think, um, geez, I forgot the number offhand, but I, I do know that they had a 15% conversion rate, which equivalized to about... 6,000 downloads of their mobile app within, um, you know, literally hours after sending out that communication. So there's a great need there, um, and the direct outreach made all the difference versus just posting something on a website. As evidence of how fast this COVID-19 thing is moving is something that we had not heard about maybe two weeks ago, PPP. Tricia, has your company been helping out with the SBA PPP program for your bank and credit union clients? Um, yes, actually. This, just this morning, um, we were putting together a sample piece of communication uh, to help our customers proactively reach out to their uh, business owners uh, to help them get information out to them, uh, walk them through what the program is, how to qualify, what they would need to do to apply, uh, because they themselves are sort of scrambling to understand the regulation. Obviously, manage risk as, as financial institutions must do appropriately. Um, but right. our thought process is if you can be proactive instead of, handling an avalanche of inquiries where, you know, you're just running around putting out fires, if you can be proactive and say, look, here's this all, all this information, just be a little patient with us, here's what you need to know to get ready to apply, and here's a link to apply, that would certainly, we think, help um, manage the process a little bit better, and it, <clears throat> quite frankly, came up very fast. Totally agree. Now, uh, we always like to end with just kind of a, a, a fun question as we're recording here on the 7th of April in the year of our Lord 2020. I know uh, New Jersey is in a bit of a hot spot right now with its proximity mm -hmm. to the national hot spot, New York City. But if for some reason the president and the governor and your mayor 
or the head of your town council in your township declared, hey, it's over, the lockdown is over, and you could get out of the house, what's the first thing you would do? <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that was a surprise question. Um, gee, uh, this is going to sound kind of crazy, but um, probably uh, get to my hairdresser. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to guess that, but I did not want to be I did not want to be assaulted by Alyssa Milano and the Me Too crowd because I was thinking that very thing. And uh, last um, and, week, and maybe get out and doing some spring shopping. Wow, getting out and doing some spring shopping would be just fine with me right about now. Hopefully, this COVID nineteen will pass and we'll all get back to business as usual. And I thank Trisha Rotko so very kindly for joining us on the show. Thank you so much, Jason. It was my pleasure. Stay safe and healthy. Great job. Yep, great job. That is right. And you can find out more about digital onboarding. The website is embedded right there in the episode description. And if you want to get linked in with Trisha, her last name is a little difficult to spell. I'm going to spell it out for you. It's Trisha Hirotko. That's with an H-R-O-T-K-O. So you can find her on LinkedIn. And just again, to show you how fast this COVID-19 situation is compelling brands like digital onboarding to adapt to the current situation. Check them out on LinkedIn today and on their website. They've already got that uh, ad campaign for questions about the SBA and payroll protection program ready to roll. We did this interview last week when they were getting it ready. It's Monday, the 13th of April, and it is ready. Well, as we said earlier, all those marketing plans, you know, April, it's usually tax day and IRA uh, marketing campaign, all that stuff went out the window because history is. You can't anticipate it. You can only change with it or get changed by it. And I'm with Trisha right there. I did the old do-it-yourself-at-home haircut last Monday, and I am looking forward to putting – I'm not a very vain person, but I am looking forward to getting my – at least my haircut. And I don't spend a lot of money on it. I mean 15 bucks is not a lot of money for a haircut, but I am looking forward to putting that back in the hands of the professionals when all of this is over. I want to thank you so much for listening to the Structure First Power Performance Podcast, the show that asks the question, if your brand or a band – Would you leave the audience wanting more? Are you intentionally engaging your audience right now? They're at home. They have phones. If you haven't thought about doing a branded podcast, call me yesterday. We can literally put your brand in the palm of your member, customer, client's hand, and you need to be doing that. Because right now, one of the upsides of all of this with government checks and direct deposit on the way, no one's going to change their banking brand right now. But people are going to remember. People are going to remember how you handled this situation. And if your banking brand is seen to have been very, very flexible and adaptable in the midst of this crisis, it will remind your audience why they started banking with you in the first place. My name is Jason Dice, and until next we speak, we'll talk to you all next week. Take care. When you get a haircut, get a-